inventor in the world, and she always tied her hair up in a ribbon when she had to solve a problem. And right now she was trying to invent a solution for the biggest problem she and her siblings had ever faced. Perhaps there's somebody in there who can help us in some way. But perhaps there's someone in there who has seen our pictures in the newspaper, said Klaus, the middle Baudelaire, who had recently spent his thirteenth birthday in a filthy jail cell. Klaus had a real knack for remembering nearly every word of nearly all of the thousands of books he had read, and he frowned as he remembered something untrue he had recently read about himself in the newspaper. If they read the Daily Punctilio, he continued, perhaps they believe all those terrible things about us. Then they won't help us at all. Akery, Sonny said. Sonny was a baby, and as with most babies, different parts of her were growing at different rates. She had only four teeth, for example, but each of them was as sharp as that of an adult lion, and although she had recently learned to walk, Sonny was still getting the hang of speaking in a way that all adults could understand. Her siblings, however, knew at once that she meant, well, we can't keep on walking forever, and the two older Baudelaire's nodded in agreement. Sonny's right, Violet said. It's called the Last Chance General Store. That sounds like it's the only building for miles and miles. It might be our only opportunity to get some help. And look, Klaus said, pointing to a poster taped in a high corner of the building. We can send a telegram inside. Maybe we can get some help that way. Who would we send a telegram to? Violet asked. And once again the Baudelaire's had to stop and think. If you are like most people, you have an assortment of friends and family you can call upon in times of trouble. For instance, if you woke up in the middle of the night and saw a masked woman trying to crawl through your bedroom window, you might call your mother or father to help you push her back out. If you found yourself hopelessly lost in the middle of a strange city, you might ask the police to give you a ride home. And if you were an author, locked in an Italian restaurant that was slowly filling up with water, you might call upon your acquaintances in the locksmith, pasta, and sponge businesses to come and rescue you. But the Baudelaire children's trouble had begun with the news that their parents had been killed in a terrible fire, so they could not call upon their mother or father. The siblings could not call upon the police for assistance, because the police were among the people who had been chasing them all night long and they could not call upon their acquaintances, because so many of the children's acquaintances were unable to help them. After the death of the Baudelaire parents, Violet, Klaus, and Sonny had found themselves under the care of a variety of guardians. Some of them had been cruel, some of them had been murdered, and one of them had been Count Olaf, a greedy and treacherous villain, who was the real reason they were all by themselves in the middle of the night, standing in front of the last-chance general store, wondering who in the world they could call upon for help. Poe, Sonny said finally. She was talking about Mr. Poe, a banker with a nasty cough, who was in charge of taking care of the children following their parents' death. Mr. Poe had never been particularly helpful, but he was not cruel, murdered, or Count Olaf, and those seemed to be reasons enough to contact him. I guess we could try Mr. Poe, Klaus agreed. 
The worst he could do would be to say no. Or cough, Violet said with a small smile. Her siblings smiled back, and the three children pushed open the rusty door and walked inside. Lou, is that you? called out a voice, but the children could not see who it belonged to. The inside of the last chance general store was as crowded as its outside, with every inch of space crammed full of things for sale. There were shelves of canned asparagus and racks of fountain pens next to barrels of onions and crates full of peacock feathers. There were cooking utensils nailed to the walls and chandeliers hanging from the ceiling, and the floor was made out of thousands of different kinds of tiles, each one stamped with a price tag. Are you delivering the morning paper? the voice asked. No, Violet replied, as the Baudelaire's tried to make their way toward the person who was talking. With difficulty, they stepped over a carton of cat food and rounded a corner, only to find rows and rows of fish nets blocking their way. I'm not surprised, Lou, the voice continued, as the siblings doubled back past a stack of mirrors and a pile of socks and headed down an aisle filled with pots of ivy and books of matches. I usually don't expect the daily punctilio until after the volunteers fighting disease arrive. The children stopped looking for the source of the voice for a moment and looked at one another, thinking of their friends Duncan and Isadora Quagmire. Duncan and Isadora were two triplets who, like the Baudelaire's, had lost their parents, along with their brother Quigley, in a terrible fire. The Quagmires had fallen into Olaf's hands a couple of times and had only recently escaped, but the Baudelaire's did not know if they would see their friends ever again or learn a secret that the triplets had discovered and written down in their notebooks. The secret concerned the initials B.F.D., but the only other clues that the Baudelaire's had were a few pages from Duncan's and Isadora's notebooks, and the three siblings had scarcely found the time to look them over. Could volunteers fighting disease finally be the answer the children were searching for? No, we're not, Lou, Violet called out. We're three children, and we need to send a telegram. A telegram, called the voice, and as the children rounded another corner, they almost ran right into the man who was talking to them. He was very short, shorter than both Violet and Klaus, and looked like he hadn't slept or shaved in quite a long time. He was wearing two different shoes, each with a price tag, and several shirts and hats at once. He was so covered in merchandise that he almost looked like part of the store, except for his friendly smile and dirty fingernails. "'You're certainly not Lou,' he said. "'Lou is one chubby man, and you are three skinny children.' What are you doing around here so early? It's dangerous around here, you know. I've heard that this morning's Daily Punctilio has a story about three murderers who were lurking around this very neighborhood, but I haven't read it yet. <clears throat> Newspaper stories aren't always uh, accurate, Klaus said nervously. The shopkeeper frowned. Nonsense, he said. The Daily Punctilio wouldn't print things that aren't true. If the newspaper says somebody is a murderer, then they are a murderer, and that's the end of it. Now, you say you wanted to send a telegram? Yes, Violet said, to Mr. Poe, 
at Monctuary Money Management in the city. Oh, it'll cost quite a bit of money to send a telegram all the way to the city, the shopkeeper said, and the Baudelaire's looked at one another in dismay. We don't have any money with us, Klaus admitted. We're three orphans, and the only money we have is being looked after by Mr. Poe. Please, sir. Sauce, Sonny said. My sister means it's an emergency situation, Violet explained, and it is. The shopkeeper looked at them for a moment and then shrugged. If it's really an emergency situation, he said, then I won't charge you. I never charge anything for things if they're really important. Volunteers fighting disease, for instance. Whenever they stop by, I give them gasoline for free, because they do such wonderful work. What exactly do they do? Violet asked. They fight disease, of course, the shopkeeper replied. VFD stop by here early each morning on their way to the hospital. Every day they devote themselves to cheering up patients, and I don't have the heart to charge them for anything. You're a very kind man, Klaus replied. Well, it's very kind of you to say so, the shopkeeper replied. Now, the device for sending telegrams is over there, next to all those porcelain kittens. I'll help you. We can do it ourselves, Violet said. I built one of those devices myself when I was seven, so I know how to connect the electronic circuit. And I've read two books about Morse code, Klaus said, so I can translate our message into electronic signals. Help! Sonny said. What a talented group of children, the shopkeeper said with a smile. Well, I'll leave you three alone. I hope that this Mr. Poe person can help you with your emergency situation.